You're listening to the Apple Insider Podcast. Welcome back to the Apple Insider Podcast, a very special edition because we've just had the September 12th event. And I'm Victor. Joining me is, I don't know why he swallowed a fly, William Gallagher. Okay, this is getting yeah. Your search for descriptions of me is getting more obscure. But hello, uh, I'm got to say I am. I'm trying to work out how excited I am, and I think on the scale of Jeff Williams to Phil Schiller, I'm about Tim Cook excited at the moment. What about you? I think that requires a lot of explaining. But but Tim Cook was quite excited. He was Phil Schiller, which is practically giddy at times. Uh, I'm just I'm thinking of poor Jeff Williams, who I think actually has a cold or something because he seemed a bit down mm. compared to the rest of them. But that and it was good. I used actually I'm this excited because didn't we know everything before pretty much? Pretty kind of kind of pretty much kind of not exactly. Nope. But what I would like to say is you know I I went with the the old lady who swallowed the fly joke at the beginning because. Partly, you have flies going around in your house, and that's kind of a problem and disgusting. But beyond that, it, it, it sort of spoke to me because Apple put the hokey pokey in their video for the Apple Watch. Oh, okay. Did you notice that? I did, but forgive me, I, I, I'm urgently needing to say to you, there's only one fly in the house. It's only just gone past me that second. Okay. It's not an infestation. <laughs> it's just an excitable fly. But yes, I did notice that. Amongst many things, so he claims. Actually, I was so he claims. Yeah, quite surprised how much I got into the gaming stuff. Actually, later, I mean, the graphics and all this stuff. I'm not a gamer. All right, all right, all right, all right. We we ought to take this in some kind of order, shouldn't we? Yes. Okay. One of the things that I remember you speaking about a couple days ago and being quite excited about was the idea of an Apple Watch. Yes, I love my existing one, but well, now that your existing one is old and terrible, yes, because there's a brand shiny new one. Yeah. We should talk about the brand shiny new one. First of all, the brand shiny new one, it's thinner. Only just, though. I mean, I don't know the figures hey. for it, but it doesn't look a gigantic degree of slimmernessness. And I think you can tell that because Apple didn't do... I remember when the iMac suddenly shrank, uh, they did side profiles just to show it off. And here, they quite carefully didn't. I don't think we ever quite saw a side view of the new phone. It is slimmer. But not so they, much. They so. did show they did show a side view of the Apple Watch. Can, but the thing to think about it is that when it's worn on your wrist, every half millimeter makes a difference. That's a good point. Yes. Okay. I think I like the dimensions in other directions more, though. The fact that it's a slightly bigger uh, face. I, I did think watching the videos there when they showed people wearing it with a few people, it actually seemed too big for their wrists. But I have you know quite chunky wrists and it made me think my current one is too small which is i'm sure what it was meant to do yes yes yeah yes i i think we have to take a moment and remember the ceramic edition yes the the apple watch edition the ceramic one model because that has been dropped from the lineup the current lineup for series four consists of aluminum or aluminium if you will i i will make some concessions to you my friend Yes, so aluminium and stainless steel. I've actually just written an obituary, really, for the ceramic version of the Apple Watch. I never had one myself. I always went for the aluminium ones, and actually, I've never had a scratch on it. Um, But so many friends uh, have just slightly scuffed up their watches, except for the ones that have got the ceramic ones, and they are so blissfully happy with it. I, I share their loss at it being just so 
quietly dispensed with. Well, listen, Apple needs to go ahead and and replace these things from time to time. But originally, there was some thought that they would go ahead and grow ceramic across the whole product line. Well, in a way, they have. They've got a ceramic it's, back now on everything. I mean, I know it's hardly the same, but at least the, some of the gorgeous benefits of ceramic are now in every available watch. Yeah, true. And, but there was also at one point a thought that they would go ahead and move that over to the phones as well, which they yeah. have not. The phones are glass, but interestingly, on the new phones, the glass has the same color as the rest of the, the uh, aluminum body. They've done a really nice job of making that finish consistent all the way across. I hadn't noticed that, actually. And that's, that's, now you've said it, that's obvious. That's, that's rather impressive. Um, I mean, you one imagines that the finish is the least difficult part. But you remember the problems with the, was it the iPhone 4, the white one that came out? And I think it took almost a year before they actually got it working or something. So uh, the care of materials. They know their materials, these Apple people do. And they keep trying to push the limits on them. So the watch, the watch has ceramic and sapphire on the back. The back is completely redesigned. And part of the reason it's redesigned is because they've put better heart rate sensors inside. They've put electrodes inside. What can you do with fancy electrodes, specifically with regard to the Apple Watch? Because I know you can do all kinds of other things with electrodes, William. But, but me personally, but yes, I can. Habit. Keep keep your keep your hobbies Thank out of you. it. Thank you. I well. was afraid something was going to come out there. Um, what they do is what I've long dreamed of, which is having an ECG on my wrist, electroencephalograph, just available at the touch of a button. And honestly, there is... Well, now, that's interesting because you said ECG and then you gave the description for EEG. Okay. Well, yeah, this is why I'm not in charge of I think you mean electrocardiogram, don't you? Don't you mean electrocardiogram? A little bit there. Okay. (laughs) You could have let it go, but no, factual reporting. The ECG does all kinds of cool things, including allowing you to – so you put your thumb down on the new digital crown for about 30 seconds – and it takes the measurements and gives you a report in the form of PDF that you can share with your doctor that is every bit as good as the ECG that you'll get in a clinic. Isn't it just sometimes an incredible world we're in? I seem to be thinking this a lot recently, particularly with Apple Watch facilities. Just sometimes I take my watch for granted so often, and then you know all the things it's doing. You know, in a bad and crazy world, there are some amazing things, and Apple Watch is one of them. This is one of them. It is. And, you know, one of, one of the key points that uh, Dr. Ivor Benjamin, who's of the uh, American Heart Association, who's on stage, said is that patients frequently report symptoms, but they're no longer experiencing those symptoms. So it's impossible for the doctor to actually understand what's going on. But the watch being able to do the ECG gives the doctor to, the ability to have insight into that moment when the symptoms were being felt. I think that's a huge leap forward. That really is a meaningful thing. I also am a big fan of the atrial fibrillation detection. I'm a big fan of the low heart rate detection, not just the high heart rate detection. We've seen high heart rate in Apple Watch for a few years now where it says, you know, you're experiencing high heart rate, go seek medical attention. Low heart rate is every bit as important. Well, I don't know about every bit, but it's absolutely important because with without with a low heart rate, your blood pressure drops and you, you, now you pass say out. It. I think that's obvious, but it never occurred to me until actually the Apple announcement. And now, obviously, I'm concerned. About it. I, I think, I mean, this isn't quite as um, elaborate as those, but a thing that really leapt out at me was the, the fall detection 
I mean, I have an elderly mother. She had a, recently had a fall. Uh, but also, um, my wife's been involved in health and safety in the UK, and a, a consistent recurring thing is what they call uh, slips, trips, and falls. Um, mostly around your heavy machinery is a pretty serious falls. But the, the idea that this can detect you and do something about it, can warn somebody, can send a message. Uh, I can understand how it works, but I'm still really impressed that they thought of it and they did it. The notion... So first of all, it works with the cellular version because you have to it, – it, it's going to place the emergency call to your contacts if you have fallen and haven't responded in in a minute's time. Now, it presumes that you, you fell and hit your head and passed out and will call emergency services and send your location to your emergency contacts. So – are you going to go ahead and, and get the well, cellular version? Well, the thing is, uh, I haven't been able to get onto an iPhone yet. I've got her on an iPad, uh, so I'm inching towards there. Um, I think she might go for more old-fashioned uh, technology, um, you know, alarms, um, which you have to be conscious to press, but at least are there. Yeah, interesting. Uh, what I was going off on that line was just thinking of, the, of course, it needs cellular, and that is actually a really um, compelling reason to have cellular. And most of the time so far, I haven't felt the need for it. The convenience, the handiness. I mean, I we got cellular on the watch last year, and I've spoken to a couple of people since because I've noticed the big red dot, and I've asked them how much they use cellular. One of them gave me all of the benefits of the Apple Watch except cellular. He clearly didn't know what it was, even though he had chosen to buy it extra. And the other one said she uses it all the time and absolutely loves it. Um, and she was terribly convincing about how useful it was. I'm just, how much would I use it? And it's quite a substantial amount more. So, yeah, I don't. My daughter bought, my daughter oh. bought herself the Apple Watch without cellular. I, I left the house this morning going out for hurricane preparedness because Hurricane Florence is bearing down directly on my backyard. And I I went out shopping and in my hurry to go out and try and seek out D-cell batteries to run flashlights and things like this, I um, All right. left my phone at home. Uh, actually, since I had my Apple Watch, I have left my phone at home five or six times now, which I, I remember it's that many because it was impossible before from 2007 to 2015 my watch if it wasn't in my hand it was in my pocket and then because of the watch i did work out but my watch isn't cellular so i was already getting that benefit um and then obviously very disappointed when i tried to do anything but yes yeah so did you go cellular or are you planning to go cellular at some point I, I do not currently have an Apple Watch. My last Apple Watch was the, yes. the Series Zero, the very first watch. And I, I sold them in advance of the Series 2 being released and uh, and have not repurchased since. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, gosh, this is getting well, close I to the time where I had a Series really Zero for the longest time and I liked it very much. I didn't love it, but I liked it immensely. And then it actually broke in some weird, peculiar way and Apple replaced it, uh, which was very nice, but they also, they replaced it with the Series 1. And it was, even that difference, it was so much faster. Uh, I, that's when I started to love it. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. We should talk about iPhones. Oh, yes. And there's so many of them. Well, so first of all, if you purchased the iPhone X or the 6S or the 6S Plus or the SE, those phones are no longer available. Those phones have now been removed from the product line. Now, they're still going to be supported because that's one of the things that Apple made a big point of having uh, Lisa Jackson out on stage talking about their responsibility to environmentally consciousness. And 
one of the things that mm-hmm. is environmentally conscious is keeping older phones in service longer. And so everything from a 5S forward remains supported in iOS 12. If you have one of those phones, don't worry. Just update your phone to the newest software when it comes. And iOS 12, as we've talked about before, is a nice speed improvement. But if you bought a 6S yesterday, <laughs> you're in great shape because you got a 14-day return policy and you can go ahead and flip it around Absolutely. I was not expecting you to one get of that the way. new That's models. Great. But if you bought it 15 days ago, yeah. I, I, out of luck. No, I was talking with, well, not entirely out of luck because they also have a, a program uh, where you can return it back and they will refurb it and mm-hmm. reissue it to some, resell it to someone else who can use the phone. But... Um, which is another part of their environmental responsibility. But and, and they'll give you some credit for that. So you you do have options. Uh but and in fact I might try doing that with my iPhone six. That's an interesting concept. But the uh, the, the yes. three new phones. I wasn't are really expecting the stars all here, three to be the stars. I thought the replacement for the iPhone eight would just be you know the low end entry model. Um and I was excited to know about the new iPhone 10 variants. I just didn't think it was going to be one of them. And I'm really quite taken with the the iPhone 10R. Funny, hard to get used to that name. Yes, iPhone 10R. I'm really rather impressed. The iPhone 7 and, and their image that they showed shows the Plus models as well. So 7 and 7 Plus are still going to be offered for sale, which is interesting to me because in the past, I would have thought the Plus models would have kind of gone away because they'd, they'd move you to the large model of the new one. That's something they would have done years ago. But here, 7, 7 Plus, starting at 449 The iPhone 8 remains for sale from 599 with 8 and 8 Plus. The 10R is 749 and it's the full iPhone 10 experience. And they even gave it the, the mm. single-view camera, but the, the single-view camera has portrait mode capabilities and depth mapping, which is pretty impressive. And then there's the 10S from 999. No, I'm stop you there. Oh, my chance to stop you. Sorry. The 10, 10X no, the iPhone Max, 10 uh, Mac, which 10S Max. Not You said X in there somewhere. And I, 10S Max. Well, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Is anyone, do we really think, do we think people are going to pronounce well, this thing the way Phil Schiller pronounces don't say Windows 10P, even though in England, I always thought that's what that w- was worth. That only works if you know that 10P is a... Uh, 10 pence but you know um so i just it used to bother me when people said iphone x now that it's xs or 10s i think the fact that xs is a word it just makes me more likely to say it as a letter but you know people are just going to say the iphone aren't they and the big one one would imagine yeah so the the big one starts from a thousand ninety nine dollars now, last year at this time, we were talking about the nerve to raise the yes. price to 1000 Yes. <laughs> <sighs> so be it. And that's for the 64 gig model. These are all the, the prices for the lowest storage capacity. That's where it says starts from. Yes. I'd, be, I'd be, love to know the figures for what people went for. One imagines if you're going to spend the money on a bigger screen, you will be expecting to do more and to hold more. So you will naturally gravitate to the uh, greater capacity models. But I mean... It's an expensive job going up to the uh, the next levels. I mean, I don't actually know what the iPhone XS Max 512 gigabyte version uh, will be, but I imagine shockingly expensive. 
Okay. So, right. bargain. Pre- presume presume that things go up in $100 increments more or less. Okay. Mm. Right? There are three models, 64, 256, 512, 1099, 1199, 1299. It's plausible. Is it accurate? No, but let's see. Okay. Right? Yes. Pre-orders starting in, in what, uh, a week? More or less? Pretty much, yes. And then delivery is yeah. not very far afterwards. I was curious to know how close they would be. But, yeah. I'm also now curious to think about the iPhone upgrade program, whether or not now is a good time to get on board with that. But we'll see. Interestingly, remember that Apple used to bundle the 3.5mm headphone adapter, the lightning to, to headphone adapter, yes. with all the phones. No longer doing that. Yeah, it's not a big shock, though. Is it? It was definitely um, an off ramp to kind of ease people a, away, and yeah, it was a transitional move, and that transition has taken place as far as they're concerned. Yes, so hopefully, as far as anybody buying it is concerned, is as well. Yes, I, I'm not even really remote intellectually, I think, but I so love and adore my AirPods and have done for many years. I could really care less about headphone jacks, but I get that I'm in a minority there. Well, I don't know that you are. I see a lot of AirPods around, just just people wearing them all over the place. So I suspect they don't think they have a problem. And they would know. They have the sales numbers. Also, interestingly, the 5-watt USB-A power adapter is still shipping in these things. That's the little cube brick that we get in America. And in the UK, of course, you get this monstrosity. But over here, we get a nice little cute cube. And that's the 5-watt. That's the small power adapter. Um of course, the phone works better if you use the 12-watt power adapter, or even better still, if you use the Lightning to USB-C adapter and a USB-C power brick meant for charging a MacBook. But they chose not to ship those because, well, they're expensive. It's funny, isn't it? There was all this talk about whether or not Lightning would go away and be completely replaced. And that would be, what, the second time Apple did it? And you know there'd be a storm about it. Uh, whereas you look at um, Samsung and the number of times it's changed its ports and cable view is just preposterous, but they seem to get away with it. And yet I kind of, I would I would understand because the number of times I go to stay in hotels uh, and they ha- still have the 30-pin iPod adapter based in things. So, yeah. Mm. We've talked about hotels in the past. Hotels buy for five years at a time, so they're going to be stuck on 30-pin. So maybe they could longer. skip straight from 30-pin to USB-C and be laughing about it. Yeah. No. 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 So here, here's why Apple doesn't give up on Lightning. First of all, Lightning does everything they want it to do at this time and is designed to do so for the foreseeable future because there's a chip in every Lightning plug that tells the phone what it does, what its capabilities are, what it works with, what the inputs are. So because they've got that capability to use the chip to reassign things, they don't need to change Mm -hmm. anything there. The other thing is that it's a pretty robust plug. At this point, they know exactly what its failings are, and they're very few. It's, It's really quite good. The other thing is that made for iPod licensing, made for iPod, iPhone, iPad licensing, MFI program, is a big moneymaker for them. And they they collect fees for every product that ships with a lightning connector. So getting rid of that cash cow would be a real, real hit to them. And there's no way they could replace it with some equivalent using the new... Sorry, I'm leading you down a line here. This is the future of cabling. You can't... You can't... If you, if you release... If you replace it with USB-C, then you give up those fat license yes. fees. 
Now, of course, some people hold that against Apple. How dare they collect license fees? It's for the connector. Come on. Yeah. But it's it's been one of the things that saw them through the dark days into this period where they are flourishing. And it's it's something that they would be hard-pressed to give up, and then they'd have to go through a transition period again with all of the iDevices. It's, it's something that isn't a thing that gives them any great benefit. It's not like there are a ton of USB-C peripherals they have to have and it's and not it like it's stopping case, people as from they mentioned at this peripheral. special event that they're about to hit their two no their two billionth iOS device. Um, so that would be what iPads, iPod touches as well, maybe and things. But still, that's an awful lot of devices with an awful lot of connectors in them. Yeah, I think we'll be going to be with Lightning for a while yet. Yeah. Well, what's interesting to me? So this is this is an interesting one for me personally, and the interesting one here is, you know, as they were introducing the iPhone XS and the XS Max. I said to myself, I said to my wife, that's my phone. They're talking about my new phone mm. because clearly I need to get rid of this iPhone 6. And then they introduced the 10R. Yes, I recognize this. And so, Same here. You know, the, the, the question is so for 749 versus 1,000 or 1,099, you, you get the same processor. I think this is a much harder decision than last year. Last year between the iPhone 10 and the iPhone 8, it was purely money. And I mean, purely money as if that wasn't anything else. In this case, um, you're not just choosing the cheaper one uh, on the basis that it's cheaper. You're choosing it on the basis that it's really, really good and cheaper. I My logic is, I told you that I got my mom onto a, an iPad. She's on my iPad. I gave her my iPad Air. I have a large 12.9-inch iPad Pro I do all my work on, but you can't believe how handy it was with so many jobs I do to have that second iPad. Uh, so I've missed it. And part of me was thinking, well, if I go for the iPhone XS Max, maybe that would actually take the place of the iPad at least a little bit. And that was me happily thinking, I'll find a way to get the money together. And then they came out with that, the iPhone XR. And that difference is huge. Uh, so one of the differences is that the XR is water resistant to IP67, where the XS and XS Max are water resistant to IP68. Is that one that makes the difference for me? I mean, I shouldn't joke. Well, it's about meters and time submerged, basically. Oh. I did. And and six, 67 is what the iPhone 8 and the iPhone 10 and the iPhone 7 were all water resistant to. And it's good, but it's not the same as being able to dunk the thing for 30 minutes in orange <laughs> juice or whatever the brand is. I think I'm going to have to look at so, them though because uh, it's going to be the screen that does it in the end. The fact that uh, the iPhone 10R has this, you know, bezel-less, rounded corners, full screen, all this gorgeous stuff but it's not as good as the iphone 10 i've seen iphone 10s i thought they looked brilliant um will these be good enough I mean, for that amount of money probably yeah well, it's got all the same gestures and it's got all the same experience so you should be all right one of the things that's interesting about the a12 bionic is the neural engine yes so the neural the neural engine was introduced with the iphone 10 and it had two cores Yes, and now it's got... You'd think they'd double it. Yes. They didn't double it. No, no, they didn't double it. They quadrupled it. It is now eight cores. It's capable of five trillion neural operations a second. And this means the neural engine is doing real-time machine learning. And core ML is up to nine times faster, and it uses one-tenth the power. Of course, 
they've added more battery, they've added more cores, and become more power efficient. Yeah, I just I still think that maybe they're in the factory one day, they had all these cores lying around, needed to put them somewhere. It's what this will do. That's probably how it went a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No. You ever see so did you ever see the movie Hidden Figures? No, I've read the script, but I haven't seen the film. Okay, I recommend you see the film. One of the, the several of the shots show these chalkboards, blackboards, that are from the floor oh, to yes. ceiling in in a large room, and the people on ladders <laughs> writing on the chalkboards. The way that chips used to be designed is that you you projected them floor to ceiling, like you know bigger than life on the wall, and then engineers would go and tape them and mark them up on the wall. Wow. And and then uh, and then they would go and shrink it down to the process size and make the chip. And of course, it's all done electronically now. But that was how things like the Motorola sixty five forty two or the uh, or the uh, you know the the eighty eighty eight and eighty eighty six were originally made. Um, Big as life on the wall kind of thing, taping them up. And now they've they've of course shrunk this down. But but to be able to make four cores for the GPU, six cores for the CPU, and that's a GPU designed in-house at Apple, an eight-core neural engine. It's it's really a huge undertaking. And I, I like to put it in that perspective of, you know, the giant chalkboards and projections on the wall and taping on the wall to this point where we're doing this all digitally and making something this small, seven nanometer yeah. process. And doing it annually. I mean, obviously not seven nanometers every year, but uh, the progression... For it, I had no idea about the uh, projecting onto the wall, but I now I'm wondering what did they do at the end? Take a Polaroid uh, of the wall and go back. But yeah, so times have moved on. But even so, as well as uh, the advantages, there are greater pressures on time. I don't imagine uh, when the eighty eighty six was being done that they really had you know less than twelve months to do it. And mind you, it's Intel; they always take longer yeah. than they're going to say anyway. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but thinking, speaking of things that are faster, the face ID is even faster on the iPhone. They've got a faster secure enclave. What was interesting still with the 10R is the cameras, both the front and the rear, were said to be the same. When, when they were talking about the true depth camera, I was waiting to hear it. And Phil said, it's the yes. same true depth camera. And I'm, I'm still questioning, is it the same as the iPhone 10 true depth camera? But he seemed to indicate that it was the same true depth camera that is used in the 10s, And that would make sense because you'd want to have just the same manufacturing for as many parts as you can. But Yes, wow. economy of scale, you understand. But still, product differentiation, uh, it really does seem a much closer gap now, except fun financially. It's a much closer gap between the different models of phone. Now, which in a way is great, but on the other hand, um, I think part of me secretly really wanted an excuse for an iPhone XS Max, and now I haven't got one, really. Give me time. I'll yeah. find a reason. Well, you know, what I'm thinking is I have a friend who's got 128 gig uh, iPhone 7 Plus, and maybe I can use this to get him to sell it to me for really cheap, and okay. I'll just go ahead and have that. right. Because that gets iOS 12. It's got a good camera. It's got portrait. It's got the... Uh, That's funny, isn't it? Sensing. I do remember. I was working with a photographer at a literary festival, and he had the, the then-new iPhone 7 Plus, and it seemed like this gorgeous machine. And now uh, you look at it, and you think, it seems so old compared to the 10 and the 10s and things. But you're right. In every possible way, it's a really good phone still. So, yes. 
I'm just going to hold on and cherish that you're right in every possible way. <laughs> That's going to warm the cockles of my heart all day. Okay. That's going to warm the subcockles of my heart all day. Okay, let's not go any further than that, though, to the, the quarks and the mesons of your heart. Well, yes. Right. We seem to be getting into the stage where we're both really personally exploring our opportunities here, what we're going <laughs> well, to buy. So. so we need to do that again tomorrow. We're going to be back tomorrow with our thoughts about all of this. But the big news is there are three new phone models. The iPhone XS will sell for $1,000 for 64 gig of storage, and the 256 gig model will retail for $1,149. The 512 gig option is $1,340. The iPhone XS Max will sell for $1,099 with 64 gig, $1,249 for 256 gig, and $1,449 for 512 gig. And pre-orders start on the 14th, that is in two days, and the first wave of devices are scheduled to arrive on September 21st. Govern yourselves accordingly. William? Let's do it again tomorrow, you say? Oh, absolutely. I'm, there's going to be some serious pondering between now and then. And I imagine there's actually we're going to get a little bit more detail. You know how it always is after the event, yeah, the press details right, start everyone, coming out. We'll know more. That's the well-spoken William Gallagher. I'm Victor Marks. Join us on Twitter at vmarks and at wgallagher. And please, please email william at appleinsider.com with all of your thoughts and criticisms. We'll be back tomorrow. <laughs>